You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, guys? It's Wednesday, and you are listening to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis, and we are the proud flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and we're also members of the Dynasty Football Network, that is at DF underscore network on the Twitter. And without any further ado, this is the favorite part of the show for most people because it's not me. It's the man of the hour. It's the man with the power at Jerry Send DFF. Jerry, what's going on tonight, sir? Don't lie to these people. They love hearing the docile southern tones of Randy. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I live well north of the Mason-Dixon line. If you don't know what that is, uh, as always, throw that in the Google machine. But uh, no, man, really exciting week, busy week for me, uh, extremely busy at work. How's work for you? Nah. nah, if it burned down, I'd be a happier man. Yeah, man, I, well, right now I feel like it's burning down, and I got two days to burn before I'm on vacation. So uh, next week, speaking of vacation... You know, you might think to yourself, uh-oh, Memphis is on vacation. Is there going to be a Dynasty War Zone next week? You bet your ass there's going to be a Dynasty War Zone next week. So a couple of weeks back, uh, I'm one of those prepared types. Uh, a couple of weeks back, good friends of the show, uh, Russ, a.k.a. you know him as the, trade, uh, the, the, the lead trade addict uh, at Dynasty Outhouse and his tag team partner at Brian Har FF. Those guys stopped by and we just did a show all about trades. There's a little bit of dated material in there because we recorded this a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. But Jerry, we couldn't leave these fine folks without a Wednesday podcast, could we? No, absolutely not. No, man, that's not what we've done. So uh, ever since it's been the Jerry and Memphis show, we've made sure that we've we've not missed a Wednesday, holidays, whatever. We're we're going to be here for you because we can plan in advance and we have the technology. We can do those things. So before we get into the news. Real quick, I do want to throw a couple of shout-outs because you know what? Last week we asked for some reviews, and uh, man, got six. Six in a week's a lot, so we are really grateful. So just a quick shout-out to Dalton, Dan, Mark, Da Boy Fish. I love that one, Da Boy Fish. Uh, Philly Phil, uh, True, BDB, and B. Flynn. 
thank you guys, as well as all of you that have done a review for us. Any of you that have done a review, just hit, hit my DMs at DFF Memphis, hit Jerry, hit the show. Uh, I sent Dalton his for sure, but if you want a copy of my rookie rankings along with some mock drafts that I've got dialed out, just, just throw us a quick review. These are the post-combine pre-draft ones, and we'll hit you up with a second copy because you'll already be in those DMs. Uh, we'll, we'll hit you up with those. Jerry, you, you come up with some pretty nice uh, rankings there, buddy. Yeah, I figured... So I sent out a couple. I had a couple people DM me. I figured oh, I would good. get a little more beef on a few of them, but I, I actually haven't yet because I am not the biggest DK Metcalf guy. So I sort of thought that would that would get me verbally punched. Right. It has not though. You know, you know I, and it's funny you say that because I, I wanted to mention that I was having a conversation with Nate Hamilton. If you don't know Nate Hamilton, uh, he's also a, a fantasy and dynasty OG in the Twitter community. Uh, as well as uh, our buddy Walker at DFF underscore walk, uh, part of the football factory as well. And we were talking about how a guy, uh, Hamilton, had said that he, he thinks OJ is going to be a 2019 tight end, OJ Howard. And I was like, that's interesting. And some guys like, can we get this guy random drug tested? And I'm like, man, I was like, I, I can get not agreeing with everything that you read on Twitter. You shouldn't. Would you agree with that? True. Yeah, but, absolutely not. But, but what in the blue hell would be wrong with, hey, man, that's an interesting take. Tell me how you came to that conclusion or, or where, 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 what's your thought process? You know, uh, one thing as a father that I'm trying to teach my 11-year-old son right now, it's one of the cardinal rules of, of just not, not even being a guy, just being a person. I said, you know what, son? Don't be a dick. And, and, and Wise don't, words. Don't, don't be a dick. You know, if a guy or a lady or someone puts their rankings out and you don't agree with them, either A, keep your big yapper shut, or B, ask them in a, in a positive, constructive way, hey, kind person of the Twitter world, how did you come up with that? You know, it d doesn't cost a damn thing to be civil and to be nice. And, and you know, one of my personal goals, and I'll speak for Jerry because I think it's, it's one of his goals too, is we want to make Dynasty, I don't think we'll ever make it as big as Redraft, but damn, man, there's a lot of people playing every day. And the last thing we want to do is want some new Dynasty player hopping in on Dynasty Twitter and seeing us ripping each other to shreds. It's just, just what, what, what you see. No, you don't want to have a toxic community, too. Yeah, man. And I haven't gotten that, which was, I actually, a little bit, just because a few of the people like, and I didn't get that. So good on you guys. Yeah, man. So remember, if you're, if you're out there, you're interacting with us, we, we love to. Uh, we get to as many as we can between our day jobs and parenting and husbanding and all the other stuff that Jerry and I do. Um, we get to as many as we can. But uh, remember, in the words of Patrick Swayze in the American Classic Roadhouse, be nice. So, uh, Jerry, you ready to get into the news? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Uh, I wish I had made some time to uh, hook up a, a drop of the taps. You know, the da, da, da. Uh, one, one of my, my current favorite active player is no longer active. Rob Gronkowski, the Gronker, he uh, announced via Instagram that he is hanging up the cleats. But his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, said that, you know, he could see a scenario where Gronk could come back if asked by Tom Brady. Uh, Brady and... Gronk, our boys. So I wouldn't be surprising if like week 12 or 13, Gronk pulled a Jason Witten and, and showed up. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he never came back, a la Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, two guys you're, you're cool. very, you're very, very. Jerry, what are some of your greatest memories of Gronk 
And uh, what are you doing with your Gronk shares if you have any? I mean, you got to try and flip your Gronk shares shares if you have them. But, uh, you know, that that's exactly what Drew Rosenhaus would say. Like, right when you're about to cut bait, and then now he's just going to sit on your roster for another couple of months. Like, you, could, you couldn't just be nice to me. You got you to keep me guessing. They get, we got to deal with coach speed and everything else, and now now we got an agent doing the same. So if, if you can get something, get something. Because if he does come back, I really – I mean, what, what are you really hoping to get? Are you going to start him in a championship game, in a playoff game, when you need a win to get to the playoffs? That's risky business. Risky business. Um, my, my favorite Gronk memory was uh, it was against the Colts a few years ago, and I don't remember his last name. His, his, his first name was Sergio, and he was the guy who famously did the two claps in a Ric Flair, uh, you know, post-game or pre-game speech. If you don't know what that is, also throw that in YouTube. Just type in two claps in a Ric Flair. You will instantly figure out what I'm talking about. But it was that guy. He played safety for the Colts. And, like, Gronk, like, stiff-armed him and then, like, threw him. They, they called the move the throwing him out of the club. And, and, and Gronk ran this dude down, so... I love Gronk for the longest time. If you had Gronk and he was healthy, and that was the key. Man, that guy was, you know, guaranteed to carry your team to the playoffs. And I think it was just a toll of the injuries. Uh, I don't blame him. One of the things about Gronk is Gronk was crazy like a fox. That dude saved every penny of his actual playing wages and lived off of the endorsement money and other money that, you know, income that he had. So, uh, would love to see him in, in the booth. How much fun would a Rob Gronkowski, Pat McAfee booth be on Monday Night Football <laughs> with someone like trying to herd cats? The most epic booth that that's imaginable. <laughs> Just because uh, when he did the uh, when Pat did the Lions game week seventeen, that was just awesome. And of course, they get the uh, they did the fake the fake field goal touchdown. It was perfect for the brand. Oh, man, I, I love me some Gronk. So throw in Gronk highlights in YouTube and just uh, kick back and relax. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking with uh, Bobby Koch of the DLF, and he and I were like, I've, I've got to find a new favorite player. You know, it went from Steven Jackson, who used to be with the Rams and then the Falcons for a hot minute, then Steve Smith were my, my two favorites, and then it was Gronk. Um, even though he's a stealer and, and I was a late adopter, I think it may have to be Juju, but I don't want to get hooked yet. The, uh, the, the heart needs time to mend. Oh, by the way, Jeremy Macklin retired too, but he's been kind of out of the league for a while. Uh, but So, yeah, he, he can beat it. All right, the next bit of news is uh, in the AFC South, so it's a little close to home for me as they, the, the Titans share a division with my Colts. But Titans GM John Robinson and head coach Mike Vrabel have confirmed that Marcus Mariota is the starter in Tennessee when healthy. And I found this an extremely odd comment to have to make. I mean, I, I, I haven't heard uh, Coach LaFleur in Green Bay tell me Aaron Rodgers is the starter. You know, I haven't heard Belichick come out and say Tom Brady's right. the starter. E even lesser-known guys like, uh, like Carson Wentz. I haven't heard Doug Peterson say, hey, you know, Wentz is the starter. I mean, well, Jerry, what are you making of this news? I don't know. That's just... Talking to talk, Randy. That's the that's the best I can do. I I, I feel I feel like that they're they're trying to really you know lift this guy up verbally. I, I I think he's a fragile dude, not only physically but mentally, and this is his last opportunity. I mean, Jameis to a degree as well, although I think Jameis is the actual better player. 
Uh, I'm telling you, if you're sitting on a Ryan Tannehill super flex share, now in a 1QB league, that guy should be uh, on your waiver wire collecting dust. But in a super flex league, I'm telling you, I could see a real scenario where, uh, you know, weeks, you know, five, six, after Mariota gets hurt again, because that's what Mariota does, he gets hurt, can't even hold a football at times. So d don't get crazy with your Ryan Tannehill. That or as your rookie drafts uh, creep up, because we're going to talk about rookies here in just a bit, uh, maybe you can, you know, flip a Tana, uh, a Tana share, a Tannehill share for uh, a, a little... Tana share. A Tana share. Hashtag a, Tana share. Hashtag Tana share. So, all right. Uh, next bit of news, and this is one that's uh, really frustrating for people that are caught up in this committee, but Jarek McKinnon will be with the 49ers per... GM John Lynch, and this will be firmed up on April 1st, which is next Monday. Uh, that's when $3.7 million of his 2019 uh, salary becomes guaranteed. And uh, let's not forget that he's not only there with newly signed Tevin Coleman, but they re-signed Raheem Mostert, and Matt Barreta's still there, who's I think is the best running back on that team. That's just my opinion. And then former NASCAR driver Jeff Wilson Jr., out there, I'm, I, I, Jerry. How are you handling 49er shares? I'm getting rid of them. That's a headache, man. I I wanted Tevin Coleman to get his own spot so bad. I wanted Jarek McKinnon to play last year, and then you know he gets hurt, and you are looking forward to this year. And they just they jumbled it up for me. I don't. That's a headache that I don't want to mess with. You got. Listen, you just. I. Uh, I. How. How do you. How do you pick? Honestly, Randy, like uh, who do you who would you rather have? You want Breda? Uh, at cost, at what I can get him for in leagues, I just got Breda over the weekend uh, in a league where I needed some running back depth. I traded in a one QB. I'm sorry, excuse me, one tight end, non tight end premium. So just your basic average tight end scoring, you know, standard PPR, if you will. I traded Chris Herndon and the two hundred nine for Matt Breda. So. Uh, I had a lot of seconds in this league. Uh, Herndon was my third, maybe fourth tight end. I guess if you consider Jordan Reed a, a third or a fourth, but he was right there. But he, he was right there with uh, uh, Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper in this league. So he was he was a rookie from last year's team. And I, like I said, I like Matt Breda. So um, looked really good. So I like so, him too. Here, let me follow sure, up no, real quick, jump though. in now. If you need to win, you you can pick. Any running back on that roster, you need to win this week. Is Matt Breida still your guy? Man, yeah, I see. But that that pause is everything that I'm I'm trying to get at. Is that it's just such a hard and tough situation to deal with and unwind. And uh, I I think Breida's the one most likely to get dealt. He's excuse me on a very friendly uh, you know cap contract he makes less than a million bucks a year he's someone that even the most cap strapped team I don't know like the Philadelphia Eagles there were rumors a couple of weeks ago that there was a trade imminent between the Niners and the Eagles which never materialized but you know a team like I would the, love that a, a team like the Eagles that are that, that is you know right up against the cap pretty much annually I mean, they, got, they got a good roster and that that would make a lot of sense so this next move I loved and you talk about making a ton of sense and that is Jared Cook uh, he waffled a little bit, but today he signed officially. He waffled. With, he did, because there was rumor that when Gronk retired that the Patriots swooped in and made a made a last-minute effort to steal Jared Cook away from the Saints. But what do you make about Jared Cook there in the Big Easy? I like it. 
I have a few Jared Cook shares. I actually had one one of my leagues that I blew up. I could not remember for the I knew I had Chris Herndon. I couldn't remember who my other tight end was. And I looked and I saw it was Jared Cook and I was so happy. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's I mean, that's the perfect spot. I mean, Jared Cook, I have I was a hater for a long time, but the things that he's been able to do recently, you know, he shut me up and he's looked good. And he's one of those guys that goes, you know, tier two, tier three guys that's going to go later that you're going to scoop up and he's going to get you, you know, those same amount of tight end points that the tier one tight ends are going to get when they're not exploding. You know, week in and week out, most of the weeks, he's going to get you the same amount. He just doesn't explode like the Travis Kelsey and the George Kittles do. So I, I love that spot. And with Drew Brees throwing him the ball, sign me up for that, dude. I, I love it because right now, what is the third reliable option for Drew Brees behind Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara in New Orleans? I mean, the, uh, the, 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 the metrics lovers will tell you Traquan Smith, but I'm not sold. Drew Brees has a long-standing history of using the tight end. Uh, it didn't materialize for Kobe Fleener. Uh, ben Watson, what a kind surprise! Of, yeah, shocker. I, I, I live. I had to live with that cat for a few years here in Indy. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of flashes with Ben Watson, uh, Jimmy Graham, thing of legend in New Orleans with with Drew Brees. So I, I see real upside in uh, one of my tight end premium leagues, which happens to be uh, in the UDPL with uh, you know friends of the show like Travis May and the Dynasty Trade Calculator guys. It's tight end premium, and I, I made a move to get Austin Hooper, who I'm a big fan of. And uh, Mike Gusecki, because I just wasn't sure what was going to happen with Jared Cook, and lo and behold, he signed. So now I've got some real depth, and I'll uh, be able to make some moves before our rookie draft in that league. But uh, next story, Philip Lindsay, uh, last year's waiver wire darling, even in Dynasty. I don't think too many of my leagues he was drafted, even in the late rounds. Went on to be a, a borderline running back one. He's going to miss almost all of OTAs but he should be back for camp with a wrist injury. Jerry, are you a Lindsay guy or no? Nope, Royce Freeman. That's hashtag analysis right there. It, it, he's just little, and he's going to get hurt exactly like he did. That's not. Listen, he did good. He far exceeded anything any of us expected out of him. And if that's all he does in his career, then he did a fantastic and wonderful job. I don't think he's. that's all he's going to do. I think he'll he'll be in the league for a few more years, but I just cannot bet on him repeating the things he's done. Royce Freeman was taken in what third round or fourth round? Forgive uh, me for not knowing that. Th third round, th third round draft capital. I think he was in the top yeah. 100 picks. Yeah. And you know, he's good and he was doing just fine. So I, I just, I am, I will be buying Royce. It, when it comes to redraft time, I will draft Royce. I will take him four rounds later than the Philip Lindsay guy takes him. In Dynasty, if someone's down, you know, give me Royce. You know, oh, Philip Lindsay's the starter. I'll take Royce Freeman. Thank you. Mine. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the Royce train, too. Not that I dislike Philip Lindsay. And, and they're both going to get mixed in the passing game. Joe Flacco, and, and it's one of those, is it the chicken or the egg type scenario? Was that a, a byproduct of the Harbaugh offense in Baltimore? Or is it that, that Joe Flacco either chucks it downfield as far as he can or he checks it down short? Um, we're going to find out. The uh, the offense there in Denver is yet to be determined. And a little side note, uh, Denver tight end Jake Butt, a.k.a. Jake Buttstuff, he is uh, looking to be back in time for training camp. 
And uh, if Denver doesn't do anything with a tight end position in the rookie draft, because I've seen some mocks where they've been mocked TJ Hawkinson, but if they do nothing with a tight end position, keep an eye out on Troy Fumagalli and I guess even Jake Butt, because you know Flacco's got a history of using that position. But if one of those guys, in this case it sounds like it would be Fumagalli, is getting that OTA and preseason work before camp, that's just a, a little leg up, just like Royce Freeman getting a little leg up on Philip Lindsay um, because of injury. So keep an eye on that. And then my man, one of my favorite players in the NFL, Julio Jones is about ready to get paid. Uh, the, the, the reference of the week, because you have to do it every single week, Mr. Big Checks, Mr. Antonio Brown, his uh, tenure as the highest paid wide receiver per average is going to go away very quickly. It looks like Atlanta is going to be paying Julio in the neighborhood of 20 million dollars a year jerry what do you think about julio getting paid uh julio's awesome uh every single year he's never not been often awesome so if they're gonna pay a man it should be julio jones i mean 20 million dollars is a lot a lot for a wide receiver but if there's anyone that deserves it it's him and atlanta the atlanta falcons organization team fans coach None of them want to see that man in another jersey that's not the Dirty Bird jersey. So they're, they're going to pay the man to keep him there. And I think it's a good idea. And Matt Ryan is one of those quarterbacks that gets just habitually undervalued. And Jerry, put some Julio, respect on his name. You put some respect eh, on Matt Ryan's name. Eh, but nobody does. That's nobody. He's always available. It's a damn shame. Um, Matt Ryan has been a top five QB two of the last uh, three years. And this new offensive coordinator is a new old friend. He had a couple of uh, top ten seasons with Dirk Cotter the last time he was the offensive coordinator. So I will tell you this from a Julio Jones and a dynasty perspective. What I like about this is, is that even though Julio's hitting that magical 30 season, it makes me feel like I'm getting at least – Two more years, if not three more years, 19, 20, and 21 out of Julio Jones. Because, you know, these new NFL contracts are all front-loaded front to where the dead cap is very manageable on the back end of it. So even if it's a five-year deal, he may only play three of it, which is fine. But that allows you, you know, if you build in three-year arcs like I do, that's that's some really good news if uh, you're, you're invested in Julio Jones, at least Julio Jones, at least uh 2019 2020 and i feel like 2021 he may not be that high-end wide receiver one but he's still a guy that can compete and heaven help us all if he goes the larry fitzgerald route yeah it's got just another decade of him yeah yeah I mean, if he plays to like 35 man then, then you are winning the the dynasty lottery but last story Malcolm Brown is back in L.A. Your Lions tried to sign this man to an offer sheet. L.A. took a couple of two or three days and said, hey, you know what? Todd Gurley, that dude's got an arthritic knee. You know what we ought to do? We ought to bring back a really talented backup that we're big fans of. So, uh, Jerry, what do you make about this uh, for Brown, Gurley, and then how do you feel about your Lions? I feel like they hate John Kelly. I like John Kelly and I I was sort of happy for the Lions to get Malcolm Brown and for John Kelly to be the backup, but clearly they like Malcolm Brown. He's the backup. He is the handcuff to Gurley until further notice. And I don't think they're going to draft one. If they do, it'll be late and I don't think he'll be in the mix. Uh, I really liked that signing for the Lions. He's, you know, former five-star guy. He was the number one running back in the coming out of high school. 
he's good. I mean, we saw what he could do, and he was going to be cheap. He wasn't going to need to be the starter behind Carrion. I really thought it was going to be good, but it was not to be, and that's what the Lions do. They give you the carrot, and then they take the carrot away. I, I So I'll, I'll go around the horn. It tells me that the Rams are you know, invested in making sure Todd Gurley stays healthy. I don't think we're going to love it as dynasty and fantasy owners. I think he's still going to be an easy RB1, but the overall RB1, I think those days may be behind us. And I think Malcolm Brown will have some use here or there as like an RB3 flex play. So um doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be the man to be useful. And Jerry, you're going to hate me, hate me for this, but I don't get all the carry on Johnson love. I, you go back and listen to last year's shows. If you can find the old feed, I don't think it's still around. But if you could, you would hear on this very podcast with John and MJ that I was a big carry-on guy. Um, I liked him coming out of Auburn. I liked his toughness. I liked how he always seemed to get, you know, he always fell forward. He always got you that extra yard or two. And, and, and he was one of my guys last year. But he's a guy who's not, his last two seasons, his last year of college and his first year as a pro, his season has, you know, ended with surgery and, and, and injury. And I, I, I don't think that he is going to be capable of handling the full workload. And that means at this point, if they don't bring in like a TJ Yeldon, a Doug Martin, an Isaiah Crowell, that means they're going to draft somebody. And there is no loyalty in the NFL, and especially at the running back position. That's Le'Veon Bell, how loyal the Steelers were to him. They were just going to run him in the dirt and let him leave, you know, at the end of it with nothing in his hand, but a big bag of cash. So he did all right. But I, I just don't get the carry on love. I think he's good. I think he's got RB 10 to 14, 15 range on him. But man, people are drafting and trading for this guy. Like he's in that next tier behind Barkley, Gurley, Zeke and CMC. Where are you at with this guy? Uh, right about where you are. I listen, if he was not on the Detroit lions, I would put him up. Maybe, you know, not in that tier one of of running backs, but it, the guy can do everything you want except for stay on the field for 16 games. We have yet to see that. He got injured at Auburn. He got injured for the Lions. Now, granted, last year, the Lions, they shut it down. The, he did not have an injury that, you know, took that long to recover from. They were tanking. That was their way of letting everybody know. Same thing with Marvin Jones. That was That was Bob Quinn, the GM of the Detroit Lions, telling everybody, that we're we're punting this season. Yeah, it, it pissed Lions fans off, but that's what it was. So he he's healthy. He should be good, but you got to stay healthy. I've always thought we were gonna. I was vocal that we were gonna sign Carlos Hyde. It was that you know Carlos Hyde is a quality running back in the league, and that's the kind of guy that I think we need. I can't. I don't think it's gonna be carry on all day every day. As much as I would love to see it, he would not last. This isn't this isn't Madden where you know. It's guaranteed if you give him that many touches, he's going to stay healthy. It's just not not reality. So if they draft somebody, cool. I I sort of thought they would, you know, sign Carlos Hyde. Then I thought they would sign Spencer Ware. They brought Spencer Ware in, but didn't sign him. You know, they, they'll draft somebody, and it'll it'll hurt people that have carry on that maybe are trying to sell him, or if you're trying to buy him, maybe that would be an opportune time. They'll get somebody. He's not going to be a workhorse. He's not going to be this Saquon. 25 touch kind of guy he's gonna get and you don't want him 16 to 16 to 18 no and I, you don't he'll get 16 to 18 he'll finish right where you said 10 to 14 you know if you have him you're happy but i i think what we saw is about what we're gonna get out I, of carry on. i i think i remember 
Memphis does not hate carry on. Memphis thinks that he has the potential to be. Oh no. And Jerry top, loves carry yeah, on. He, he gives you a, he, he, I, he, I see what you're saying. He gives you a, uh, a, a, a blue and silver man crush. I'll say something politically correct, but I, I, I see, like I said, the a top 10, top 15 running back. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. But uh, I, I just don't overpay for him thinking that he's got RB5 upside. I don't see it. I don't think this offense is going to be stellar. Um, so It the, won't. And, and, and that's what it is. But listen, we're, we're, speaking of rookies, we were just talking about bringing a rookie into Detroit. Um, we're going to talk about some rookies. We've got Joe and Murph of the Fantasy Takeaway Podcast joining us to talk about rookies that will not be on our 2019 Dynasty rosters. And uh, then we're going to do a little two-round Superflex mock draft. Jerry, you ready to bring on... Joe and Murph? Yeah, let's talk to him and let's get to that mock, baby. You love to mock. Rock out with Everybody your mock out. To mock. <laughs> yes. All right. Joining us this week on the show to discuss rookies. It's the hottest thing, but man, we're we're as you're listening to this, we are twenty-nine days away from the Thursday night kickoff of the NFL draft. Now, if you're not listening to this on the Wednesday, the day it drops, you can subtract one from every day from March twenty-seventh. But anyway. Our guest this week, um, these guys are the hosts of the Fantasy Takeaway Podcast, and you can find them anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, I listen on iTunes. It's just easier. Sorry. I know we all hate Apple, but it is what it is. And um, But anyway, the hosts are Joe Pollock, and you can find Joe on Twitter at HumanStatSheet, one of my favorite Twitter handles out there, him and uh, Russ of the Dynasty Outhouse. And then his uh, co-host, Murphy Hamilton, at Murph. Excuse me, at Murphy FFT. Joe, Murph, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? I'm excited to be here. Oh, man, we're, we're excited to have you. Um, anybody willing to jump on and talk rookies with Jerry and I right now, uh, those are our people because uh, we're planners and, and we're pretty excited. So uh, you guys ready to talk about, well, before we get into some of the players that are not going to be on our, on our uh, 2019 rosters and we want to make sure i clarify that before we get into that when i say a guy's not going to be on my roster dude i will roster a billy go if a he can score fantasy points for me each and every week and b his price is right you know it it doesn't matter who it is it it goes along with value and that's what we're talking about so uh before we do that is there any like one player i'll start with murph is there any one player uh that recently has stuck out with you whether it be a pro day or the combine is anyone that you're like yep that dude's going to be on my roster yeah daryl henderson honestly a lot of people have him top three top five pick in rookie drafts he's my number one right now i I love the kid his tape is just like a human highlight reel i mean you go looking for the negative plays the things that you don't see on just a highlight video they really tell you more about his game and you always just find a huge play in the middle of like a random pass blocking play. And then suddenly he's busting at one out for 60, 70 yards. I just love the kid's potential. And if the landing spot's right, I mean, he's going to be my first pick overall every time. He's a lightning bolt. It, it's hard. It. It, exactly what you said though. Like he, it, you're expecting, like, let's say you're just going to want random game and you're going to watch tape. You know, a lot of the times they're not doing anything sexy, but Daryl Henderson, it's like four times in the game. You just go, what in the hell how is that possible? Dude is dude has rockets. He is a lot of fun to watch on tape. Um, what about you, Joe? Who who is the guy that you uh that you you have to have, or who's your guy right now? 
I actually really, really like Henderson as well, but I'll dig way deeper on that. I'm going to say Alex Barnes. He really impressed me at the combine. His feet were much faster at the combine than I saw on film. And when I went back, he's a much more elusive player than people are giving him credit for. I don't think he's that home run hitter, but if he falls into the right situation, he's got the skills to be a three down back and nobody's even talking about him. You know, he's I, like a tank, so I can I can dig that too. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention his name here in just a little bit. So we're each so we're gonna do a mock draft here in just a bit, but we're all gonna throw a couple of guys out real quick that, um, you know, I, I'm using some MFL ADP and like startups because there's not a ton of rookie drafts going on right now, and I can also use some data from some mock drafts that I've I've been a part of to kind of mention the current cost on these guys and, and, and that's not where I'm going to take them but I'm going to let my uh, my co-host go first usually I let the guests go first and uh, bury Jerry for last but Jerry I'm gonna let you go first throw us throw us one of the two guys that you are not going to draft remember not draft at where they're currently going in you know rookie mock drafts and startup ADP all right I'm gonna do the first one because the first one is going to give me the most guff uh Josh Jacobs running back Alabama I've said it. I've said it on this podcast before. I'll say it again. He does lots of things well. He doesn't do anything that screams elite fantasy producing professional running back. He can catch. He can block. He can run. He can break tackles. He just doesn't excel at any of it. I've called him vanilla ice cream over and over. You know, it, and he's going RB one for a lot of people. Potentially one hundred one, depending where he lands. And, and that's just not where I'm at. I like him. You know, he's, I, I like him a lot. Just not, not that high. I, I just, if I'm going to take someone that's one-on-one, I need them to, I, I clearly probably most likely have a bad team and I need a game changer. And I just, I don't see that from him. I, he's good. He's going to be a nice, you know, RB three. He has a couple weeks there where he does better than that. I don't love him. He's vanilla ice cream. Joe, I'll let you go first. Do you have anything? Uh, I think I think it was you. I heard a bit of a groan when uh, he, he said Jake, uh, Josh Jacobs. Oh, no, that was definitely a Murphy groan. Murphy is deeply entrenched in Alabama. He is an Alabama football fanatic, so Murphy, I'm sure that hurt him just a little bit. Murphy, give it to me. Give it to me, right? What, what are you thinking, buddy? I'm honestly not that offended. Hearing his full argument, I agree with him to a degree. I love Josh Jacobs. I think the talent that he has means that he'll get more opportunity than most at the next level. But he's right. It doesn't scream elite fantasy production. I'd probably take him still in the first round just because I think that the opportunity will be there for him. There will be a team that wants to use him in the rotation, and he'll get enough touches to be fantasy relevant. But Jerry makes a great point. I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna be that much of a homer on this one. I mean, that changes too. Like if he goes in the first round to Philadelphia or somebody, or Oakland takes him early, then then yes, he gets a a boost in on my perspective just from draft capital too. But I appreciate the not putting me through a gauntlet yeah i'm not i'm not going to beat you up too bad although i i do like josh jacobs i listened i tried to avoid listening to a lot of fantasy podcasts i listened to some because there's a bunch of really good ones like the fantasy takeaway podcast hint hint go check that out subscribe <laughs> subscribe to that one but um, i listen to a lot of non but they still talk a lot about football you know I, I'll, I'll listen to anything with greg cosell and one thing i will say this is my opinion is that i like the kids blocking it's he's not a great uh pass blocker but you know what he's a willing pass blocker 
and I've said this before about Josh Jacobs, when you're willing to pass block for a veteran QB, which, you know, Derek Carr, um, Carson Wentz would be, you're going to earn that guy's trust. And if you have that guy's trust, you're going to have the head coach's trust, and that means you're going to be on the field. And if you're on the field, that's how you score fantasy points. Funny how that works. So um, don't necessarily hate it. Uh, I would, again, it would depend on wh where you're drafting. So I'm going to go to Joe. Joe, who is the first guy that you're not drafting based on uh, what you perceive to be his current draft value? My guy is DK Metcalf. And it's not just because of the really bad elusiveness metrics that he showed at the combine. If you go back and you watch the film, when all three of their wide receivers at Ole Miss were healthy, he wasn't the guy getting the football. And I think there's a reason for that. He has great straight line speed and he can go up and get a ball in a contested catch, but he's really not a good wide receiver yet. He's not even close to a great wide receiver. I, I see people talking about him as their one one as well. And I'm not touching him in the first round. I think he's got a lot to learn. And unless he falls into a situation where he's just going to get force fed targets, there's going to be a lot of other guys catching the ball. You know, I'll take this one first, and then I'll throw it to Jerry. I, I, I do not dislike DK Metcalf, but where he's going in the draft, and that's the whole point of this conversation, I man, I, I don't want to be boring, but it's like the same way I do my investments in my retirement. I can't have it out there in a bunch of risky stuff. You know, I, I've got to have that in something solid that when I need it, I know that it's there. And, and that's how I feel about DK Metcalf. If I could get guys like DK Metcalf and the guy that I'm going to bring up here in just a minute – Later into the second round, I'm about that action, boss. But um, I, I can't do it at anywhere from the 103 to the 106 where I, I've seen him going in one QB mocks. Jerry, anything on DK Metcalf? I would love to argue to make this more entertaining, but I can't. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not taking DK Metcalf 101. You're talking about a dude that can run straight really fast, and he can manipulate a defense by doing a curl when they think he's going to run really fast down the field and that that's his route tree it, he's listen he's good and in the right circumstance you know maybe he can be what everyone thinks he's going to be also this 1.3 percent body fat or whatever it was that's not healthy for a human being there's a reason he gets hurt a lot and it's because of that so that needs to change and that could change his speed that could be very detrimental to him that is not a plus so i on my rankings i have him as wide receiver six so I know that's a lot lower than a lot of people want to say. I just, I can't trust a guy that just runs straight really fast. And uh, I, I will throw it to Murph. Murph, you can tell us what you think about DK Metcalf and then give us your guy that you're not taking at his current uh, valuation. I've got really nothing to add on DK Metcalf. You guys pretty much just hit it on the head with them. But for my first one, a little backstory here. When Joe and I were talking before this show, he was looking at my notes and stuff and he went, Murphy, I think you misunderstood the segment. And I had to explain, no, I didn't. My guy is Damian Harris. As much as I'm a fan of my college team and the guys they produce, I'm seeing Damian Harris in a lot of mocks that I looked up and a lot of the uh, talk in our fantasy football group on Facebook. A lot of different things talking about him going mid to, you know, sixth to like ninth round, ninth pick in the first round. And I just can't get behind that. Damian Harris is a guy I'd like to own but I'll never own at that ADP. I don't want him before midway through the second round, even in a rookie draft, because I don't think the landing spot will be ideal to start. He's a guy that I'll want to see somebody else draft high, sit on his bench for about, I don't know, seven or eight games, and then I'll make a move for him in a dynasty format. That's my goal with Damian Harris. 
but first round, absolutely not. Uh, th- this one, I, I don't want to argue, argue so much, but if, if he's, I'm in a, in a super flex league where I'm sitting on the 110 and I finished, uh, obviously I finished well. I actually have the 110, the 111, and the 112. And I will not be afraid to use one of those picks on him. I don't think he's as um, dynamic or as much upside as Josh Jacobs, but I think in the right situation he'll be solid. So he's someone that I could see drafting at, at around that cost. What about you, uh, Joe? What do you think about Murph? Because uh, you questioned his uh, sanity on this pick. <laughs> it's really funny because I talk crap about Alabama running backs all the time. Like we have who Mark Ingram, Sean Alexander, everyone else essentially has been a bust except Derrick Henry's three amazing games. And Kenyon Drake, kind of. I, I mean, Kenyon Drake's been pretty disappointing as well. I think that's more on the coaching staff than it is on him, but. I like Damian Harris. I think he's one of the better Alabama running backs in terms of all around skill set. I think he could be one of those guys that can come in and do a little bit of everything, but not a lot of anything, which kind of scares me. I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets a ton of volume, but as a rotational player in a system like maybe the one they have in Philly or New England, I think he could have some fantasy value. I just don't think it's going to be week in and week out. I think that's very well put. Jerry, anything to add before I hit you guys with my first one? Nope. I I mean, I like Damian Harris, but I agree that he's not a first-round pick. I'm going to reference my rankings in mock draft again, which you can get if you just five-star us on iTunes and DM me. Uh, I have him at 202. So I like him, but uh, like Murph said, 106 to 109, that's a little that's a little too pricey for Jer Jer. A little steep. Well, well, my guy that uh, I have seen continue to climb up rookie mock drafts, and that's Parrish Campbell out of Ohio State. I know that does not break Jerry's uh, Michigan heart, even though he's a Spartan, not a Wolverine. Um, it, it, this feels eerily reminiscent of John Ross, and by that I mean he's the guy who runs real fast. He runs a 4-3-1-40. But, you know, he's a guy who doesn't play outside. He ran 93% of his routes in college uh, out of the slot, either the left slot or the right slot. Um, I I think the absolute ceiling for this guy would be a Tyreek Hill type. But, I mean, that would take him landing with a quarterback the level of, you know, Patrick Mahomes and then having a coach and a coaching staff like Andy Reid and and what he's had there, whether it was Matt Nagy or or whomever – Man, that's a lot of what-ifs for this guy. And, you know, he could land in an ideal spot, but he just makes me nervous. I've seen this guy go from early in the season before the combine. He was going late second, uh, and then all of a sudden he's creeped up. And most recently I've seen him go in the back end of the first round. And I'm seeing him going over guys like Debo Samuel, going over guys like Andy Isabella, um, J.J. Arcega whiteside These are all guys that I would easily draft ahead of Paris Campbell. So Jerry, you're the big 10 guy here at heart. What do you think about my, uh, my, my lack of love for Mr. Campbell? Now, does your love for Terry McLaren also play into that? Well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. So just because I'm a, I'm a vicious, wicked Terry McLaren honk. And remember he was, he was brought to my attention by a good friend of the show and just good guy all around Nick Whalen. Um, look, Terry McLaren is just a, a tick worse of an athlete, and I, I say a tick. He ran a four three five forty compared to Campbell's four three one, but he's such a better route runner, and I, I, I like his maturity as a person. 
Um, you know, Terry McLaren is my Cooper Cup, but not to get sidetracked away from Paris Campbell. You know, he doesn't have the best hands. He's not a great contested catch guy. You know, he's a guy who runs real fast. He and it was uh, another friend of the show, Travis May, who said that he and it's in the uh, Dynasty Command Center document. It's a wonderful document. He has had one catch that's went 25 or more air yards in his time at Ohio State. Let that sink in. One catch that went in the air more than 25 yards. He feels like Curtis Samuel 2.0 and nothing against Curtis Samuel, but a fast guy who runs, you know, runs fast, and that doesn't always translate. So that's a no for me. I'm, I'm going to throw it back to Joe. Joe, you can tell me if you're uh, in or out on Campbell, and then who is your second guy? I am definitely a lot higher on Campbell than you are, but I think the detractors that you brought up are absolutely there. I think he's got a ceiling somewhere in that Deshaun Jackson kind of range. I'll take that if I can get it in the right spot, but if he's going in the first round or even right at the beginning of the second, I'm not going to wait on him to develop. My second guy is Devin Singletary, and people are through the roof on Devin Singletary. I've seen him in rookie mocks going in the top five picks. I don't think he's going to land there when things are all said and done after the draft, but he's not fast, and he's a guy that's basically a scat back. You have to be fast to play the role that he's going to play in the NFL, and I just don't see him as a super elusive guy. He's okay, but he's just not fast enough to play the role that he needs to play and look like a Philip Lindsay, a Tariq Cohen kind of player. I'm all off Devin Singletary. I think even if he was a mid-second round pick, I would find somebody else to draft. I, I will say this, and then I will throw it over to Murph. Uh, Devin Singletary, his combine wasn't as bad as Elijah Holyfield's, but I feel like he got away with a lot more at the combine from a bad perspective than Holyfield did. Now, again, Holyfield's combine was egregiously bad. But, I, I, again, I, I expected so much more out of Devin Singletary. I think what, I think what both dynasty players and NFL types like about this guy is the, the history of college production. So um, I'll leave it at that. I'll throw it to Murph. Murph, what do you think about Devin Singletary? And then who's your second guy? I'm actually just on the same boat with Joe here. It's nice to be on a different show where you get other perspectives because Joe and I tend to agree a lot. So in this moment, we can actually do that and not feel guilty about it. My other guy is Noah Fan. And let me just say this. I love the kid. I love what he did at the combine, but I'm really not a huge fan at tight end. And I see him in rookie drafts going towards the end of the first round. And I feel like there's such, I don't, I don't want to say better talent all around if you wait, but there's still Irv Smith and, oh, where's my mouse? Hawkinson. Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, Haw Irv Smith, or a couple of other big tight ends out there. Yeah, so you've got both of those guys. And, I mean, I can get those guys at a better price, second, third round. I'm not going to waste my first round pick on Noah Fant. I mean, especially when I see mocks with, Irv Smith going to the Patriots. I'd rather have him all day, hands down, with Gronk out of the way. There's just so much better value. I, I don't want the hype on Fant to get that big. I mean, I love Noah Fant, but if a case like that happens where Irv Smith goes to the Patriots, oh my God, skyrocket that boy up my boards. I'll be so excited. And I hate He's going to be a top <laughs> 10 pick, though, at that point. If he goes to the Patriots, he might even be top five in rookie drafts. Oh, yeah. especially in tight end premium leagues where you're getting a point and a Absolutely. half plus for, for you know tight end. He is currently looking at this, if I'm eyeballing this list correctly on MFL, he is the eighth or ninth rookie off the board. So he's your 108, 109, and this is in a standard tight end league. This is not any kind of premium. So 
I, I also like Noah Fant. I, I, you know, uh, I, I keep name dropping. I need, I need to get some handles, Jerry, so I can hang on to these names, but I keep dropping them. Uh, yeah, Peter from uh, DLF, Pete Howard. Um, Paul Howdy. Paul Howdy. Uh, he was talking about how excellent combine metrics for a tight end are a long-term determiner of NFL success. You know, he was on the Dynasty Diagnostic podcast with me, and, and, and I took that to heart. I went out and picked up a Mike Gusecki share because of that, and I'm willing to, you know, stash him away. But we saw, and I, I think that Fant is a better overall football player than Gusecki, but sometimes you just can't out-elite athlete everybody at the NFL level the way that you do in college. And I, I think Fant's game, especially not being the, the greatest of blockers or the willingness of blockers, I could see where – you know, he's not going to be at Evan Ingram come out year one. So remember, if you draft a guy like Fant, you might have to be patient. So uh, let's see here. I'm going to throw it back to Jerry. Jerry, who is your number two? I went with another running back. I went Josh Jacobs first. I'm going Justice Hill this time. And it's nothing against Justice Hill's tape. He's just a little fella. 5'9", 198. That's, I mean, that's me. And if I get hit, I die from an NFL player. <laughs> I mean, he's good. And you watch, I, uh, what game was it? He played against Oklahoma in 2017. Because I, you know, I did my rankings and he is a lot lower than I expected. So I wanted to go back and double check. Maybe I just was biased and hyping up guys I was recently watching. And against Oklahoma in 2017, he was a monster. But you watch other games and it's just, you know, little guy running outside fast. Little guy running outside fast over and over again. He's not the best pass catcher. I mean, I, that's not fair to say. He wasn't given an opportunity to be a great pass catcher, but maybe that's coaching. Maybe they saw something that said that. So I would want to see that. It depends on the draft capital, but a little guy like that, I mean, he doesn't look like Devonta Freeman to me, and he's sort of in that same sort of size profile. Devonta Freeman's a little bigger, but I just I don't like it. You know, he would probably have to be like a late second round pick for me to even think about taking him. Uh, well, but before I throw it over to Murph and Joe, I'm going to argue with you. I would never argue with company. That would be poor manners. And we don't do that here in the dining. But I will argue with you. I'm going to disagree on this one. I like Justice Hill. You know, he was a bit of a workout warrior. And I'm a big fan of uh, all things in the gym because that's what I'm into. But this is a guy who had, you know, great speed, um, he didn't do the three cone or the shuttle because he, I guess he tweaked a hammy during one of his 40 runs, but he was a, a, incredibly high on, on, on the bench reps. And, uh, I, I legend has it that he is, you know, has a 600 pound squat there at Oklahoma state and he's not afraid to go in between the tackles. And I, I really like how his game translates to the, uh, the NFL in 2019, but that's okay. Uh, one of us is going to be right. Jerry, how's that make you feel? I will enjoy being right. Oh, ha, ha, ha. so I'm going to throw uh, it to Joe. Joe, are you on Team Memphis or Team Jerry here with Justice Hill? Team Memphis, for sure. <clears throat> I don't think he's a workhorse by any means. I don't think he's going to be able to play that Devonta Freeman role. So if you're making that comparison, I guess you could say I don't like him that much. But if you're going to make a comparison to a guy like Philip Lindsay that came out undersized, okay, Touché. I'm pretty comfortable with that. I think that he could play a Tariq Cohen, Philip Lindsay kind of role and be really successful at the NFL level. Just don't ask the kid to run between the tackles, and you're not going to have to worry so much about those injuries. Murph, anything on uh, Mr. Hill? 
nah, I'm a, I'm with Joe again. I think he succinctly put it. <laughs> well, I love J- it. I can agree with Joe again. <laughs> uh, well, you guys, you guys could argue on your own show. And remember, if you tune in to the Fantasy Takeaway podcast, you can hear Joe and Murph argue a lot more. Uh, again, I, I'm Team Hill. I would love to see him wind up in – Philadelphia and not have Philadelphia use that round one pick on Josh Jacobs, but use a later pick on Justice Hill. Uh, maybe bring back Josh Adams or or someone like that. Uh, a good good combination there in Philadelphia. And, and my last guy is also a running back, and that's Trayvon Williams out of Texas A and M. I mean, I, I pulled up his player profile profiler card. Easy for me to say, and I look at it, and, and you know what his best comparable is? Edo Smith. I'll say that again. His best comparable is Edo Smith. He ran a four, he, he he was like you know his his best metric at the combine was his four five one forty. He was in the seventy third percent percentile. Outside of that, I mean, his agility score was one of the worst. He's in the eighth percentile. So, um, okay, pass catcher, willing pass blocker. Um, a lot of people like him, but for where he's going, he's currently a court again. I'm using ADP. Uh, from startup drafts on MFL, he's going as the 23rd rookie off the board, and he's going ahead of rookie running backs like Alex Barnes, who Joe mentioned earlier. I absolutely love Alex Barnes. I would take Alex Barnes 10 times before I would take Trayvon Williams once. He's also going ahead of Justice Hill. Again, we just talked about Jerry's guy, Justice Hill. I would much rather have Justice Hill. And then a good friend of Jake Anderson's, Alexander Madison out of Boise State. I really like this guy. Um, uh, Ozegbo, Divine Ozogbo or Zigbo, the, the kid out of Nebraska, had a, had a great pro day. I mean, there are so many guys that I would rather take a, a late flyer on in the back end of round two or the front of round three than I ever would on, on Trayvon Williams. Uh, I'll start with Joe. Are you a Williams guy? Am I, am I crazy here? I mean, I am crazy, but am I crazy here? I think you absolutely nailed it on that. I think if if I'm running a five-round rookie draft, I'll consider him in, at the end of the draft. But if I'm only running three rounds like I am in most of my one QB dynasties, I'm not going to take him at all. And if somebody else doesn't, I don't mind letting him sit out there as a free agent. I don't think that he has any future in the NFL at all, unless it's as one of those guys that just falls into a situation where three guys in front of him get hurt. Because he's not beating anybody out. I, I feel like he's very landing spot dependent and needs help to uh, to return what is currently the the two eleven in uh, amongst rookies, the twenty third overall. So Murph, anything that's on where Williams? ADP has him? That, that that's where he's going in startups. There's not a whole lot of actual rookie ADP okay. right now. Um, it's mo- it's mostly mock stuff right now. I've seen him late like late second. Uh, into the third, and like I said, there there are still tons of guys I would rather have ahead of uh, ahead of Williams. So Jerry, anything? I mean, I before the combine, he was one of those guys that really pissed me off at the combine. Devin Singletary was another one that we mentioned. You know, I really thought he was going to do okay. He didn't. He pooped his pants. Uh, he's a good blocker. You know, he's got he's like a poor man's carry on. Like he if he falls forward, he can fight, but he doesn't do anything real great. And I agree. If I probably will not take him in any three round drafts. I can't imagine I would. Yeah, and 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 where he's going I, I think it's because he's a running back and, and you know it's it's an SEC school. It's a it's a big school. They're on TV a lot. People know the name. I, I, I can see the reasons how how we got here, but it's my job to uh, tell you that at that ADP and, and where he's going currently, I, I cannot make that play. Murph, anything to add before we jump into our mock draft? 
No, not really. Honestly, I will be truthful with you. I haven't watched as much tape on Williams as I'd like, so I have nothing really to add to what you guys have said. Well, well, the thing, go let ahead, me Jared. add something real quick. The thing when you watch him is he looks like he plays big. Like you think he's a big guy, and then he got to the combine, he was 5'8", 200 pounds, and it was just, okay, you're not going to be able to play like that in the NFL. That kills everything. I mean, he, he's, 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 he's essentially the same size as Justice Hill. I hate to keep going back to him, but... I would much rather take someone with the athletic profile of Justice Hill than I would with the athletic profile of Travion Williams at the exact same height and weight. So enough about those guys. Um, let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's do a quick uh, two-round rookie mock. You can throw out a sentence or two as to why you took the guy that you did. This is Superflex. Um, uh, we'll do one maybe next week. Well, next week's the vacation pod, but you know, here in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll do one uh, with some tight end premium because that will you know fluctuate value. But Superflex tight end premium is my favorite way to play Dynasty right now. But we're just going to do this as Superflex. Superflex adds such a different dynamic to drafting and startups, which we're going to do some stuff on that here in the near future as well. So uh, Murph, with the first pick in this draft, who you got, buddy? I got to put my money where my mouth is, and I said it at the start of a. Uh our part of the show, it's Daryl Henderson, man. I'm taking him and having him on every team I have. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. Whether or not you agree with Daryl Henderson 101, um, I've got nothing but respect for people who walk it like they talk it. You know, um, I've talked about my love of, like, I'll use Austin Hooper, you know, and I went out and I've traded for Austin Hooper in two tight end premium leagues. I, I believe in the guy. And, and here's Murph saying, hey, Daryl Henderson's my guy. I got the 101. He said, give me Daryl Henderson. I, I, uh, I don't know that I would have went Henderson here at 101 in a super flex, but hey, you are who we thought you were. All right. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on the clock with uh, the number two. Well, I wasn't expecting to get Kyler Murray here in a, at the 102 in a super flex, but I'll sure take him. I'll take Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I think that he does wind up an Arizona Cardinal. I think that uh, Coach Cliff uh, Kingsbury there uh, will run a good offense to make him very fantasy relevant as soon as year one. And I think they'll end up trading Josh Rosen. So in a super flex, I'm, I'm definitely taking Kyler Murray early. Uh, Joe, you're on the clock with a three. I really wanted Henderson. I really wanted Murray, but I think I'm going to surprise you guys. I'm taking Miles Sanders. You mother. <laughs> <laughs> I like Miles Sanders a lot. And I think his skill set and his physical attributes really fit where the NFL is going. He impressed the crap out of me at the combine. I'm not going to lie. He was so good at the combine. You know, and I think we would have known a lot more about Miles Sanders sooner had he not been playing in the shadow of a guy like Saquon Barkley. I mean, Bar 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 Barkley's been a generational talent, but don't forget, Sanders was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was the running back to get that year. So um, no nothing wrong with that pick. Uh, Jerry, you're on the clock with the 104. I am going to take my top quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. I he's big he can do everything that kyler murray can he can't run but he can throw it better than him in my opinion he so can he can I'll, run I'll if take haskins Stephen a smith says he can run don't you watch espn <laughs> yeah no well, that's exactly why you that, that's exactly why you don't watch espn because steven Stephen a smith will tell you stuff like that uh haskins can run and this is a good spot i've seen haskins go anywhere from the 104 to as late as the 109 even in super flex so um it's going to come down to the guys drafting around you so Going to go back to Murph with 105. Man, I was really wanting Haskins there, but since you took him off the board and I don't want to go quarterback here, I'm, I'm just going to take Josh Jacobs and run. Uh, okay, well, and again, 
these are ranges, these are tiers, and, and that's what you should be taking away from this. The listener in, in this draft is like, hey, where are these guys going from a tier perspective? Well, I, I never thought, I mean, I guess maybe. Uh, Nikhil Harry. Harry. Harry feels like a slam dunk here. Um, he's my 101 in a non-Superflex league. Had I been at the 102 earlier where I took Murray and this had been a 1QB league, it would have been Harry all day. I, I think he has the best combination of floor and ceiling in the draft out of all the wide receivers. So uh, that makes him an easy pick for me here at 106. Joe, you're back on the clock with 107. Our evaluations are way too similar on these guys. Like that was my top six players. So <clears throat> I'm just going to take the next guy on my board, and that's Hakeem Butler. I don't love his tape, but he really impressed me at the Combine. I don't think he's a guy that's ready to play in the NFL. So you're going to have to be patient if you're drafting in a dynasty rookie draft and you take him. But I think in a year or two, he could really pay some big dividends. I I love Hakeem Butler. I would have loved to get him right there. Jerry, you've been sniped twice. I'm glad I set this order up the way that I did um, (laughs) because I can feel your pain and it's, it's, it's a good thing. So Jerry, you're up with the 108. It's all right. I like the next guy, too. I really hope the Lions take him. I doubt they will because they never do anything you want them to. A.J. Brown, wide receiver, Mississippi. Well, I I, got to say that A.J. Brown is – if Nikhil Harry has the safest floor and ceiling, I I think A.J. Brown has at least as safe a floor. He is a guy that – I've heard some comps to Anquan Bolden. He's a bigger guy. He can play in the slot. Um I hope he doesn't go to Baltimore, but no, he, he is my wide receiver too in this class. So we're back to Murph with the with the 109. I feel like I'm just going to continue to be that guy that makes the picks that you're going to question the most, but I'm going to go Marquise Brown here. We haven't seen a lot of him this offseason because he had that injury towards the end of the season and he's been you know, working through that. He didn't do much at the combine other than interviews, but I like what I've seen of the guy on tape. And I think if he goes to the right NFL team, if he gets the right fit, he could do damage even year one as a rookie. I don't hate it. He, I, I, no. I, I saw him in, in pre-combine mocks going in the late first round. So th- th- this is right on Brandwell. See, th- this is the kind of spot where I, I will take DK Metcalf, and I, I will tell you why. At the 110, my team, unless I traded for this pick, at the 110, I, I, I can afford to – I've probably got a decent roster in front of me. Um, I can afford to reach out and take a shot on DK Metcalf right here at the at the 110. I actually have him as like my seventh best player, I believe, off of the board in a super flex. So I love getting him here. So I will take DK Metcalf. That's where I'm willing to take him. And that puts us back to Joe at 111. I think I'm going to take the guy that we talked about as Murphy's player that he wouldn't take in Noah Fant here. And I'm going to do it for many of the same reasons that you just mentioned, Memphis. If I'm drafting this late in the first round, I'm going to have room for a tight end on my roster. I might have a Travis Kelsey kind of player. I I like Noah Fant. I think it's going to take him a year or two to really get into the groove as an NFL pass catcher, but you got some time if you've got a roster this good. You know, I, I love how you phrase that because you're you're damn right. If if you if you're drafting at 111 and 112 and that's your pick and you did not trade for that pick and that was just yours by record go back and, and look at like you know you know use some of the tools out there I mean I'm, I'm sure you can find it on FF statistics um, the the amount of owners that had Kelsey Ertz Kittle 
um, on their on their lineup, and you might be setting on one of these guys. But I think Fant would be the perfect guy to take if you owned Travis Kelsey or Ertz. They're both like 29, 30, you know, in that age range, and it would be the perfect guy to develop for the next couple of years as you're getting ready for the the next tight end to take their place. So I, I like how you frame that, Jerry. Wrap up the first round with the 112. This is easy for me. David Montgomery, he's my top running back. Is you know, he doesn't do, you know, he's not sexy fast. He's not the DK Metcalf of the workout warriors. He was pretty slow. He has pro day today. They said it was four fives, but you know, combine was four six. It's probably closer to that. But nobody can break tackles like this dude in this class. I will take David Montgomery at the end of the first and I will be thrilled to get him. I, uh, I I don't blame you. And he had a like you said he had a great pro day today. Ran a in the mid four fives, which was great because he ran a you know a four six you know forty at the combine. So good to see that that uptick in in his overall measurable. So we're back to Murph with the uh, two oh one first pick of the second round. You know I forgot just how much I love doing mock drafts and just drafts in general because when you watch a player that you're like God I hope he falls and as he falls and as he falls when you finally get to your pick. It's like being a kid in a candy store. And I'm going to take my favorite candy, and that's Irv Smith Jr. right here. Because, I mean, I've already spouted off how much I like him on our show a minute earlier. He's got such great blocking skills. He'll be on the field from day one. If he goes to the Patriots, this is a slam dunk pick right here. He's going to get you great production. And he's been shown to be a deep threat in college. I can name at least five or six plays off the top of my head where it's Tua to Smith for 30-plus. And I'll take that all day long in the NFL. No, and much like the guy, so I'll go ahead and roll my pick and your pick into into one conversation. I'm taking T.J. Hawkinson, and and that's what will get guys like Irv Smith and T.J. Hawkinson on the field sooner is their blocking ability. They can do both. Not only are they really good pass catchers, they're really good blockers, and I think that's the one part of his game that Noah Fant is going to have to develop. So to be able to get T.J. Hawkinson at the two zero two would be an absolute blessing. I don't think you get him this cheap in a tight end premium league, but if you did, uh, you're, you're living your best life. So uh, we're with Joe with the 203. I'm going to take the guy that everybody hates because of the combine in Elijah Holyfield. When I watch his tape, I do not see a guy that runs a 4-7, high 4-7, low 4-8-40. He doesn't look like he has absolute breakaway speed, but this kid is a lot quicker than he showed at the combine. And he's this is going to be really landing spot dependent. This is going to be a pick that either looks really good if he falls into a good landing spot or really terrible if he falls into a place where he's going to have to compete with a quality running back. But he's got the upside. And at this point in the draft, that's really all I'm looking for. All right, Jerry, you are up with the 204. I'm going with a guy that did not have the best combine either. But I just love him every time I watch him. He always gets two feet down. He's big. He's, you know, he's quicker on the field than the stats showed him. Kelvin Harmon of NC State. I just, you know, he's on the bigger side. He's not as big as, you know, their program had him, which is not a huge surprise. But I like Harmon. Every time I watch him play, I want him on my dynasty team. So I will take him now. Uh, not not a bad pick, and at one time he was my wide receiver one in the class. And I like the fact that even though they're your, you know, maybe they someone else wouldn't have taken him here, that you are, and you're sticking by your guns. And you know what? There, there's nothing wrong with that. So I, I like it, Jerry Murph. Uh, you are back up, sir. Well, just based on my roster construction so far, I think this is where I'd feel comfortable taking that jump on Paris Campbell. So that's that's where I'm going to go with this one. 
All right, and, and I agree. So, you know, as much as I said I wouldn't draft him, if he's going at the end of the round one, beginning of round two, I'm not. I'm not. Even if an NFL team, you know, takes him, you know, early on day two, I, I, I just couldn't bring bring myself to do it. So, you know, th- this is what I love mock drafting because, you, you know, you start getting all excited. You start getting uh, all antsy in, in your pansy. But this is a spot because we try to do this to help the listeners as they're crafting you know, their their dynasty rosters and, and they're doing their rookie drafts. This is where I'm taking Drew Locke. And I know he catches a lot of heat. Um, you know, he gets a little skitterish when there's a pass rush on him and that, you know, he's got a great completion percentage when the pocket's clean. You know, I, I look at it this way. If in the NFL, if he's drafted in the top 10, which I think he will, I think he'll go no later than Denver at the 10th overall pick. He's going to get a three or four, maybe even five-year leash. Look at Marcus Mariota and look at Blake Bortles. So in a super flex league, if this guy's your QB three or four, and you can get him with a with a mid to late second, man, I, I'm I'm all about taking uh, quarterback late and quarterback value in a, in a super flex league. So I'll take Drew Locke here, and Joe, you're back on the clock with the 207. If the Broncos have Joe Flacco and Drew Locke as their quarterbacks, I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, I, I will uh, I will ship you a box of Kleenex. After this podcast, because <laughs> I think it's, I, I think it's going to happen. I kind of uh, do too. I'm going to be really sad. But for this mock, I'm going to take Rodney Anderson next. I love his film. He looks so good out of Oklahoma. The problem is injuries. And we've seen guys who have had some pretty significant injury histories in college that come in, they get into a good conditioning program, they get on a good diet, and they never have to worry about injuries again. And if you find that guy in Rodney Anderson, you're finding a potential top 10 running back in the league. I love his talent. It's a risky pick. He might end up on your IR more often than he ends up in your starting lineup, but that's a risk I'm willing to take at this point in a dynasty rookie draft. Well, let me hit you with this, and I'm not comparing his game or anything to these two guys, but you know what? Willis McGahee and Frank Gore were known as injury-prone coming out of college, and uh, they they tend to make it work in the NFL. Uh, Frank Gore lasted much longer than Willis McGahee, but uh, this is a guy – that if two years from now ended up being the best running back in this entire class, I would not be surprised. This guy could certainly do it. Jerry loves referencing the uh, Pro Bowl, not the Pro Bowl, excuse me, the Rose, Rose Bowl, Bowl, the Rose Bowl game from a few years back. But uh, speaking of Jerry, you're on the clock, sir. Uh, I Rodney Anderson. That was a good pick. Um, I'm going to go Debo Samuel. He his hype has died down a little bit since, you know, the sexiness of the senior bowl when that was all we had to watch. You know, he got all the love that was there in Mobile and that's died down since the combine a little bit. But I still like Debo. You know, uh, he's the one one of names in this draft class. That also helps. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the South Carolina wide receiver. Uh, I, I do. You're right. You're damn right. The, the one one of names. Debo. All right, Murph, your uh, your last pick with the uh, one. I'm sorry, excuse me, the two zero nine. First, though, I do want to mention that I think he might be the one hundred two. Little Jordan's pretty good. That is good. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, well, I talked about it at the start of the show, but since we're here at the end of the second round, I think I'm really comfortable having Damian Harris. I don't mind having both Alabama running backs. One of them's bound to produce, and at this at this price, I'll own Harris all day. Be the only mock the entire offseason. I'll get both my guys. You, you know, that, that man, I just realized that he slipped this far because I was getting ready to get real excited to – I didn't even – because I'm not using a sheet like I normally do when I draft and I cross names off. I didn't even realize that, that he was still on the board because this is the point in the draft where I'm drafting one of my uh, one of my man crushes, if you will, and I kind of beat Jerry up for it earlier, and that's Justice Hill. 
I'm really hoping he lands on a, a solid team uh, where he could be the the lightning to someone else's thunder and, and would make a good you know tag team partner for someone. So at the at the two ten, I will gladly take Justice Hill. Joe, one last pick, sir. I'm going to close out my segments on this show where we talk about players in the same way that I started it. Alex Barnes. I think maybe this might be a small reach if we're talking about a three-round rookie draft. I think I would have been able to get him in the next round, but I'm not risking not taking him at this point in a two-round. I don't want to look at the waiver wire and have someone else beat me to it or spend more fab. Uh, Definitely get your guy because I almost went Terry McLaren there. We were talking about him earlier. Uh, but I, I think I might be able to you know, trade back up into the third round and get him. So, Jerry, bring us home. Last pick of our two-round Superflex rookie mock draft. All right. I'm going to pick this guy just because I want to talk about him. Yeah, he's not exactly the guy that I have in my rankings that I would put here. Miles Boykin, the wide receiver from Notre Dame. 6'4", 220, 440, 440, 43-and-a-half-inch vertical the dude is a monster, and he does not get the love that he deserves. Yeah, he's just a big play guy. He just played in an offense that didn't want to feature him because that's what Brian Kelly and Notre Dame do. Miles Boykin, round this draft out. I will take it, and I will love it. Raw Calvin Johnson. <laughs> exactly. Bingo, bango. He's, yep. an, he's another one of those wide receivers that uh, could have been uh, impacted by poor QB play while in college so listen um there it is that's a little bit of uh, some guys that we're fans of as, as you can tell by our two round rookie mock draft and some guys that we're just not comfortable where they're going currently uh you know in rookie mocks and uh in startups so i, I want to kick it over to joe and murph please tell us about the fantasy takeaway podcast and uh, where these people can find you and all that fun stuff well, of course, the Fantasy Takeaway is uh, available at iTunes, Google, Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to, Spotify. Joe's done a good job of making sure it's available readily. Uh, we both are also very active in our Facebook group, the NFL Fantasy Football Discussion Group. Uh, I started about five years ago, and for the past two, Joe has joined me in just giving advice daily, and we're very easily accessible there. All right, Joe, anything to add there? We're actually running a big, giant league. We haven't released the platform that it's going to be on yet, but if you want to participate, it's going to be a redraft league. We're hoping to get somewhere in the neighborhood of a 1,000 people in this giant league, and you can sign up for all the email updates and get your invitation to join the league at thefantasytakeaway.com slash TFTFC. Well, there you go. Well, listen, guys, thank you very much for jumping on with us on a uh... – on a Wednesday and uh, Jerry, anything to add before we go? 29 days till the draft, 20 days till game of Thrones. Let's go. Oh, you and the game of Thrones. Well, if it's 29 days to the draft then uh, right after the NFL draft ends at around midnight, I'll probably catch the 32nd pick of the first round from my cars. I'm walking into a movie theater <laughs> to watch uh, uh, Avengers uh, infinity war, but the month of April, tons of good stuff coming up. Uh, we'll be here every single Wednesday might even try to sneak in a bonus stuff. Remember when I get back from vacation, we'll have more information for you on our Patreon and the merchandise and all that fun stuff. But remember until next week, uh, the dynasty world is a war zone. So make sure you're always tuned into the war zone. I'm Memphis. He's Jerry. We'll catch you next week. Later.